This is the Go Blue Crew. Derek, for the second time this season, Michigan has knocked off a top 10 opponent. This time it was Ohio State. Feels really good to beat Ohio State, doesn't it? It does feel good to beat Ohio State. And I saw some people talking on Twitter about, oh, so this is what it feels like. And I, I like it. Um, it's Michigan can beat Ohio State in basketball and has, um, not regularly as in all the time, but consistently can beat Ohio State in basketball. Uh, I will venture to say that beating Ohio State in football will be a much greater feeling than even the very happy feeling that I had Sunday afternoon. Yeah, because you can't say that Ohio State is Michigan's biggest rival in basketball, which is obviously the case in football. So, I mean, nonetheless, it feels wonderful. I wish Jim Harbaugh would have been there. I'm sure he would have been really perplexed. Like, is is this allowed? Are we allowed to be beating our rivals? Especially when, you know, whatever. We could could go down that road forever. Uh, Just, you know, what what were your takeaways from that game? Like, what, what looked really good to you? I was impressed just with the way they they handled Ohio State's athleticism. And uh, for me, the last game that they played Ohio State, they were up 13 at one point, I think even going into the half. Uh, And then we're outscored something ridiculous like 40 to 19 or 45 to 19, something like that. And so for for Michigan to to be consistent yesterday, uh, there was a bit of a scoring drought from both teams at one point, but uh, they played good basketball. I think their defense was incredible. Uh, and I think moving forward, especially as we look into uh, the Big Ten tournament opportunities they'll have, and then obviously I think everyone agrees that they'll make the NCAA tournament. Uh, I, I would say that the defense is what's going to win them the games. And then after that, I'd say the most important is making shots. And they were able to make enough shots to beat Ohio State. But yeah, when I look at the last few games, you only allow Ohio State to score 62 uh, you allow Wisconsin to score 72, not too bad. Iowa, only 59. And then you lost to Northwestern, but they only scored 61 points. So the defense has looked good, and I think that's the most important uh, piece of the team moving forward. This was senior night, and a senior, Muhammad Ali Abdurrahman, led the Wolverines in scoring with 17 points. Behind him, I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but Jordan Poole had 15. But Abdurrahman did a, a fair amount of his scoring by creating his own shots, which is something that he's developed this season. Do you think that's something that needs to happen at the same rate or even more if Michigan's going to make a run in March? Yeah, I do. Uh, and I'll, I'll refer to Derek Walton of last year, a guy who – uh, could create a shot pretty consistently in the latter parts of his career, but really uh, last year he had a really big slump uh, in the season. This team looks uh, to be in a better place than than the Michigan team of last year, at least at this point um, in, in February heading into March. But Derek Walton ended up just taking over really all of college basketball. A lot of people were taking note of him. He was playing kind of Trey Burke-esque, and he was – oftentimes playing his own game where he'd create his own shot. Now, obviously, a uh, great teammate, great point guard, and, and spreading the wealth, obviously, with uh, you had Mo Wagner and DJ Wilson, uh, Zach Irvin, a guy who put up a lot of shots. But, yeah, for Michigan to move forward in March, they need to have a consistent playmaker. It seems to be like Muhammad Ali Abdur Rockman in his senior season is, is ready to take that over. Yeah, I, I think the comparison to Derek Walton Jr. is great. Um. I'm not sure that he's the same kind of player in respect to his ability to just go out and and make seemingly every big bucket, but I'm not sure Michigan needs that. 
On the other hand, I think they do need this kind of scoring threat because they're lacking a true scoring guard, which is what they've traditionally had when John Beeline's teams have been really good. So Abdurrahman looks like the closest thing to that. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a veteran guy. He's kind of been there, done that. I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of impact he has late in the season, not just um, in these last couple regular season games, but then moving on into the Big Ten tournament and then the NCAA tournament. Will he be one of those guys who steps up in a big way and gains some national recognition for a program that does well consistently as of late, but uh, rarely catches national attention? Of course, you know, last year being the exception with the plane incident and and all the great stuff that happened after. So Jordan Poole, 15 points. He came out, got buckets. He's got to be a fan favorite. You know, I I, I love watching him play. I loved – it wasn't this most recent game, but I think it was uh, within the last two or three, one of the commentators said that Jordan Poole – Never met a shot he didn't like, and I thought that was very appropriate. I mean, when he gets the ball, he's shooting, and this happened to be a game when he was on 5 of 8 from the floor, 4 of 5 from the three-point line. Is this uh, something that we can expect to see more of going forward? Is he going to maybe turn into something like an X-factor? I mean, it's hard to see if he how consistent he's going to be. Even his minutes have been inconsistent as of late. Uh, he had an 0 for 4 night against Iowa, only played 8 minutes but he played 19 uh, against Ohio State. And usually John Beeline keeps him out there uh, when he's playing well, uh, as I think that should be the case. But that's the best game he's had really uh, since the, the beginning of the 2018, at least. Uh, and he had the game that he went off against Indiana back in December where he scored a, a career and season high at 19. But I do think that what he brings to the floor and I want to say that was Brandle that said that. It sounds like a Brandle comment at least. But what he brings to the floor is kind of a new energy. Uh, and uh, you, you can see the youth movement. You see guys excited to come in next year. Uh, and you have Isaiah Livers and, and Jordan Poole who have consistently contributed to the Wolverines this season. And so I think that he'll definitely be a guy that they'll rely on to come in, put some solid minutes on the court, and, and make some big buckets. And I would not be surprised if he has a breakout game, whether it's uh, the last two regular season games, looks good in a big te- tournament game, or really just uh, rises to the to the scene once they make the NCAA tournament. He's the type of player that obviously people are going to probably be the most excited about next year coming back. Uh, and so I think that this is really a time that a freshman can kind of uh, even play even better than they've proven to play so far. And so I expect a lot from him. And I'm, I'm ready for that game where he goes for 20-plus uh, and doesn't miss any shots. Okay, I was off Twitter for this game for most of it because I was streaming, and you know how that's about a minute behind, and I didn't want to be surprised by anything. Did Xavier Simpson change up his free throw form routine? So it looked like he was dribbling to uh, like the to outside. The side? Yeah, to the side. Almost like and a then he'd face rip- up and shoot. Yeah, like Rip Hamilton did kind of a always had kind of a weird thing where he'd take one dribble way off to the side. So yeah, it looked like looked like he did something a little bit different there. Um, I, I guess it, it's whatever or works. Four or six, so yeah, maybe well, it did work. I, I am that's fine with me. If you if you want to go four for six, that's a lot better than I'm going to guess. Most of his games have been this season, and overall as a team. 
I don't have the the full season right in front of me, but Michigan shot 70%, which is better than Ohio State, who shot just uh, under 48%. So free throws are going to be key. I honestly think the major keys moving forward are going to be Michigan's defense. Obviously, Michigan's always a team that kind of lives and dies by making shots. Uh, and, and then you could say that for any team, making shots is obviously important to, to running up the score. But then I think it's going to be at the free throw line. Some of these games – uh, are they let the, the players play a little bit more than others. I think this Ohio State game was a great example of the first half where uh, the referees were kind of letting them play. There's other games where a lot of tic-tac fouls are called, and Michigan has a lot of opportunities that they align. And many times this season I can think of uh, UCLA uh, and uh, what, was the, what was the other game that they went into overtime and won? I can't even think of it right off the top of my head. But those are the two worst free throw games of the entire season. And Minnesota is what it was. It was a home game against Minnesota. And you just cannot afford to shoot 8 for 22, or I think another one was like 9 for 27. That's absolutely ridiculous. And that's you're leaving so many free points off the board that that's going to lose you a ball game come tournament time. And so I really would like to see them continue to improve. And if, if a different form uh, works for Xavier Simpson, uh, he's a guy that gets to the line pretty consistently. Uh, maybe he should teach Charles Matthews a few things. <laughs> he should teach Charles Matthews a few things. Earlier in the show, I, I mentioned that this Ohio State rivalry is not as big in basketball as Michigan State, and I don't think there are too many people who would dispute that. But this one seemed to have a little bit of an extra flair to it. I mean, I'm thinking about uh, Mo Wagner getting in a couple scuffles, the one where he made maybe like two diving plays. He, he stole the ball, went over, flipped it behind his back, there's a loose ball. He goes in, dives on somebody. Like that kind of stuff makes me think that this rivalry is is gaining some momentum. That maybe I haven't noticed, but at least from my vantage point, like I just haven't seen lately. I thought it was really cool. I just wanted to get your take on if uh, this thing looks like it's picking up a little bit. Well, I will say that it definitely helps when a game's on a Sunday. I can think of. Uh, one of the most notable Ohio State-Michigan basketball games I can think of is when ESPN like previewed or put uh, their new camera mode in action where there's literally a guy sitting on the sideline in a normal seat holding a camera, and it was a horrible uh, Don't even mention – you can't – it's illegal to mention that game so, because well, the camera was awful. So what I will say about that, though, is, is moments like that or games that are on weeknights – uh, I, I definitely don't feel as excited of when Michigan travels in Ohio State for football. It's, it's more exciting than when Michigan travels to Ohio State for basketball. I think of the game where they were up 13 uh, earlier this season. It was fun. It, everything was going well. It felt good to, to watch a team get up. And then just the collapse was just – it wasn't as devastating as a Michigan football collapse would be against Ohio State, but it just kind of like, eh, okay, it's a long season. They get to play them again. So – that's kind of where I wanted to go with this is when you have the opportunity a lot of seasons to play a team like a rival twice. Now, obviously, Michigan State was only once this season. But when you have a chance to play Ohio State twice, when you have a chance to take down the top five Purdue team twice, uh, it's always a little easier to watch the first one be okay with the first result. And so I do think that this game, though, because it was a home game, because it was we're sending seniors off, I do think that it was a lot more intense than than as of games as a past and so I do like that and I loved the physical presence and that really just kind of reminded me of a game on the football field because especially Mo Wagner not 
not uh, afraid to lay on a guy, piss some people off. And I think really he's turning into, for some people, rival teams at least, uh, big men that everybody hates. Uh, I love him. Uh, anyone who has a big man like that that plays well is going to love him, but I can definitely see why Ohio State fans uh, are sick and tired of hearing about him, sick and tired of him on the on the floor because he's a high-energy guy and shows a lot of emotion. Yeah, I saw somebody tweet something like, is Mo Wagner becoming the most hated player, the most hateable player in college basketball? And it was just like, what? In a world where Grayson Allen plays college basketball, how can there be anybody else who's more hated than that? And I, I replied sarcastically and said that by my count, Mo Wagner has tripped 17 players this season, which is not factual, but you know, just trying to make a point. Uh, Mo Wagner, I don't think is is actually very close at all to becoming a hateable player because in order to be hateable, I would think you have to be somewhat national. Michigan is not national, at least in my opinion. Uh, Mo Wagner is maybe a little bit national, but just not not to the not to the extent where he's a hateable player, the most hateable player in college basketball. I thought that was a ridiculous assertion. So, looking ahead for the Wolverines, two more games in the regular season at Penn State on Wednesday and then at Maryland on Saturday. Penn State took Purdue down to the wire on Sunday night. I was at that game. It's great atmosphere at Mackey Arena. Uh, Penn State's a team that I'm a little worried about, and they've come on strong as of late, and I know for some people that's a bit of a turnoff. They're thinking, ah, you know, we don't know how real this thing is. I, I would be a little worried about Penn State. I, what's your uh, perspective on that? Oh, absolutely. I'm honestly worried about both of these games, but specifically Penn State because they beat Ohio State. That was a game where I thought, I mean, I mean, they literally dominated Ohio State. And so my fear was, okay, Ohio State's going to play really angry, come out and play the best game they've played all season to prove that, yes, they are a top 10 team, even though some people predicted them to finish outside of the top 10 in the Big Ten. But when you rattle off, Uh, four wins in a row and you had a game against uh, Michigan State on the road uh, that Penn State had that they only lost by eight but it was a much closer game for parts of it Uh, you beat Ohio State on the buzzer beater I mean they're very very athletic and when you can take Penn State or when Penn State can take a team like Purdue although Purdue struggled a little bit lately uh, down to the wire too it's a team that on their home floor is looking to prove something looking to to make the NCAA tournament. They're a team that I could see make a huge run in the Big Ten tournament uh, to definitely solidify a spot in, C- in the NCAA. So I'm probably most worried about Penn State. But then again, uh, Michigan lost to uh, Nebraska by 20 on the road. And so when I see a Michigan travel on the road for their last two games, something about playing away from home is is not very comforting. And it could just be the simple fact that Michigan was 15-1 and at home this season. Yeah, that's very impressive. When you look at Penn State's little run here, I mean, they lost to Northwestern on January 20th. Since then, their only losses are to Michigan State, that was on the road, and then to Purdue on the road. In that time, they swept Ohio State. This is a team that, you know, you mentioned it, it's going to be pushing for the NCAA tournament. I also believe they're a good candidate to make a run in the Big Ten tournament, which would obviously you know solidify their case to make it into the NCAA tournament. So you know you're looking at a, a big time game 
I know it's on a Wednesday, so you were talking about different atmospheres on days of the week. I don't think there's going to be a problem gaining a good atmosphere for this one. Who do you think steps up for Michigan, if anybody, in a big-time atmosphere like this? Uh, This is a game where I look to Mo Wagner. I think that he's played pretty consistently as of late, uh, and I like a lot of the things that I've seen from him, including the last game. But I think that it's time for him to to go off like he did against the Michigan State. Uh, maybe this is a game where other guys like a Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman or a Duncan Robinson can afford to be quiet because Mo Wagner's done so much against an athletic team that uh, Michigan is kind of win comfortably. And, and I'm not talking like a 20 point victory or anything, but one of those games where it feels like Michigan's in control. So I looked at Mo Wagner for for this game, and I think for Maryland. Just to jump ahead, I'm going to look at uh, Xavier Simpson. I think that he needs to continue to ha- play really well as the starting point guard, uh, and I think that a big game from him before the tournament time will, will help me feel even more confident about Michigan moving forward. Yeah, Mo Wagner, does. he's always the sexy choice when we talk about this thing, like who's going to who's gonna be the, the go-to guy for Michigan in this big game, insert big game. I don't know... If he's my lock, though, I, I think I'm looking towards Abdurrahman to be that guy for basically what I said earlier. You know, he's a been there, done that kind of dude. Like this, this big time atmosphere is not going to be new to him. He's going to know how to handle the situation. I, I think I just I feel safe when Abdurrahman is taking control of things and he's becoming a he became a, a bit of a volume shooter against Ohio State, but it it was like it felt natural in yeah. my opinion. So I, I think I would I would look for him to do something decently big against Penn State if anybody's gonna do it. So I want to wrap up here with one simple question. Do you think Mo Wagner is done flexing after he makes layups? Absolutely not. And that I think that's the other thing that why a lot of people maybe dislike him <laughs> is because of of things like that. But hey I mean, you're not flexing because you're stronger than the guy you laid up over or because you were cherry picking. You're flexing because you're going to win a basketball game. So I can't blame him there. But I think we'll see a lot more of those uh, facial expressions, flexing moments, a lot more of him on the floor uh, trying to kind of, I would probably say, just make the opponent miserable. Uh, he, he does a pretty good job at that, whether it's him going off uh, at Michigan State for 27 points or or if it's him just uh, diving on the floor and, and roughing somebody up. So I think we'll see a lot more flexing from Mo Wagner, and I think we'll see the bench flex as he continues to play well. I think we'll see more flexing from Mo Wagner. And on top of that, I hope we see more flexing from Mo Wagner because that means things are going well for Michigan. So thanks for checking us out on the Go Blue Crew. You can find us on Twitter Facebook and iTunes at Wolverine Sounds. You can also go to WolverineSounds.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Ty underscore Fenwick. If you want to follow Derek, he's at Divine Identity. So thanks for listening and go blue. Go blue.